0: The information on this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not contain or constitute and should not be interpreted as any form of medical advice or opinion. You should always seek the advice of your healthcare provider about any questions or concerns that you may have. Hello everyone, my name is Juliana Akin. I'm the host of the Unfiltered podcast and a co-founder of Unfiltered. Today, I'm interviewing Stephanie Newberg. She's a licensed psychotherapist working with individuals, couples, and families. She has been in practice for more than 25 years, specializing in family and couples therapy, bullying, grief and loss, parenting support, and the implications of divorce on children and families. In addition, Stephanie is a trained family and divorce mediator, co-parent counsellor and has received intensive training in sand tray play therapy for adolescents and children. This is part two of the mini series unpacking the challenges of co-parenting with the narcissist. In today's episode, we further unravel the challenges of co-parenting with the narcissist, touching on the heavy emotional toll, manipulation through triangulation, and attempts at parental alienation. We'll explore the hurdles their uncooperative nature presents, the intimidation they may wield, and the double standards they often live by. Let's get started. Hi, Stephanie Newberg. It's nice to have you here again.
1: Thank you so much for having me again, I really appreciated our last discussion and I'm really looking forward to our discussion today as
0: well. Great, me too. And uh, today we are going to go to even more challenges that someone might face when they are co-parenting with a narcissist and because we have a list to go through, I want to start right away. So Another challenge one might face when co-parenting with a narcissist is emotional toll. An emotional toll is, I mean, co-parenting with a narcissist can take a significant emotional toll on co-parents who may feel frustrated, angry or helpless. They may experience anxiety, depression or other mental health issues as a result of the ongoing stress and conflict. Stephanie, uh, can you please give us a detailed example of how emotional toll could manifest in a co-parenting situation?
1: Yeah, I I think that what can happen is when you are, and we have to be careful because, you know, we're talking about people that we're not diagnosing in the moment. People that we are giving the, um, the description as having traits that are narcissistic. So, and we all are on a continuum of that. That's how we've adapted and evolved. But we're talking about people who have many more narcissistic traits than the average person. And so I just want to be clear that that's what we're talking about. We don't know if that person actually has narcissistic personality disorder, but we know that they manifest a lot of traits that make it incredibly challenging to be in a relationship with someone and that there's an emotional toll because that the person that's a narcissist that you're partnering with through the co-parenting process it doesn't have a strong sense of themselves, doesn't feel good deep down about who they are. And the way that they feel better in general is by putting down the other person, by lashing out, by being very um, unpredictable in their anger, in manipulating and twisting things around to make you look like the bad one, to change things around, to act like you've said or done something differently than what you've intended or tried to do, that they also project onto you that you have bad intentions, bad motivations, that you're doing something that is counter to working with them. And so it makes people confused, it makes people feel guilty, it makes people anxious, it makes people worry about when the next experience will be. They can feel like that things are going along fairly smoothly with the narcissistic ex-partner and then all of a sudden that person lashes out out of nowhere or does something that's really antithetical to what you've just been talking about or working towards or agreeing to. Um, They make you doubt yourself, question yourself, question the way you're doing things in ways that aren't appropriate or helpful or even accurate. And so I think it makes people um, feel helpless. It makes them feel guilty. It makes them wonder about themselves. It makes them doubt themselves. And it can also make you angry at that ex-narcissist that you start lashing out, or you start acting in ways that aren't really congruent or true to who you really are. And then that can further make you feel worse about yourself. So you have to be really clear and really know what What is going on here? You have to stay really true to who you are as a person. You have to document things. You have to put things in writing so things can't get twisted around or misconstrued. You have to make sure that everything is sort of planned out to the best of your ability. And you also have to prepare yourself that at any moment, this person could shift and change and get angry at you for no reason. And that that doesn't mean it's a reflection of who you are or something that you're doing that's wrong or not okay as a parent.
0: Mm, yeah, thank you so much for that. Then we have another challenge one might face when co-parenting with the narcissist is triangulation. and Narcissistic individuals may use third parties, such as, a, such as family members or friends, to communicate with their co-parent or to gather information about their co-parent's life. This can create a sense of triangulation and mistrust in the co-parenting relationship. So, Stephanie, can you please give us a detailed example of tri- of how triangulation could manifest in a co-parenting situation?
1: Yeah, so just as you suggested, triangulation means you bring somebody else into the relationship to either vent um, about or try to make the other person look bad or to bring to your side or to turn against you. Um, And so what it can look like is um, when you let me just give you an example of so there if you're in a co-parenting situation with a narcissist and they are very close with their parent, let's just say their mother, and um, all of a sudden now the mother is getting involved or lashing out at you or turning other people against you or talking negatively in the community with about you or turning your 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 neighbors against you or your your former friends against you it's a way for them to feel better about themselves and they feel that if they have more people who were on their side to sort of berate you and put you down and make you feel bad about themselves it makes them feel better so they tend to bring in somebody else to sort of quote, gang up against you or to make you look that much more isolated or that there's something more wrong with you or that you're more the problem than they are. Mm,
0: and aren't they usually, or this just came, came to my mind that they use triangulation to gain whatever kind of um control over the situation to create this power imbalance. So if they do want to do something, what would go for example against what you guys have agreed on already about you know some specific thing that relates to the co-parenting and then they bring up someone else like hey well but this person said that i am right and uh, we should really change what we have agreed on already so uh, is that is this something also how how they use triangulation
1: yeah yeah as a way to make you doubt yourself or make you feel like your original ideas or what you think is right isn't okay that bring bringing somebody else in to make you feel worse about yourself or, yeah, to feel like you don't deserve to have a say or that you don't have as much influence because now there's other people or another person who's, quote, siding with them and agrees with them and thinks what they're doing is better. It's a way to diminish you, a way to make you feel less important, less, you know, influential, less part of the parenting dyad. That Mm. is definitely broken because you're not together anymore, but that you still should be an equal person and an equal participant in that, of course.
0: Yeah, thank you. Um, Then we have another challenge one might face when co-parenting with the narcissist is parental alienation. Narcissistic Mm -hmm. individuals may engage in parental alienation, which involves trying to turn their, their children against their co parent They may criticize or belittle their co-parent in front of their children or try to prevent their children from spending time with their co-parent. Stephanie, can you please give us a detailed example of how parental alienation could manifest in a co-parenting situation?
1: Yeah, and unfortunately, even though this isn't incredibly common, it is pretty common when you're dealing with people who have personality disorders or personality traits that are very maladaptive and very problematic. Um, and so what happens is is that again, it's a way that the parent can feel more powerful, more in control, and as a way to really diminish and you know, alienate and marginalize you as a parent. And they they have enough of an alignment and attachment with the child, and the child is so vulnerable because they know both their parents are struggling and aren't together and aren't in a united way, that they can get aligned with a parent because they feel that that person is somebody who they can ultimately depend on even though maybe psychologically they can't but physically they can or in other ways they can and that parent starts to really wield an undue influence on the child and says really negative things in front of them even if they're not saying them directly to them they can they can say it to other people who are right in earshot of the child they can say things very sort of passive aggressively they can say things in ways that are giving the opinion that this parent isn't important, shouldn't be involved in the child's life, um, and they can twist and manipulate around how the par- the other parent has been to help the, to make the child feel like this parent is not a caring, you know, on board parent who they deserve to have a close relationship with or even a relationship with.
0: Mm, can you? And they no, can also I... tell
1: them like that really inappropriate and deep details about the other parents maybe mental health status or something that the parent has dealt with in the past or vulnerabilities about that other parent that might be partly true but aren't completely true and they can really sort of marginalize and push a child away from that parent and wanting to trust and have a meaningful and close connection with that other parent.
0: Mm, Okay yeah Uh, can you give an does any example come to your mind about you know the passive aggressive because sometimes that might be you know, harder to detect?
1: When, you know, they say, you know, it's, you know, you, it's too late to have a relationship with your dad or your dad left and, um, or your mother left us or they moved out or they don't really care or um, they're the ones who initiated the divorce or they did these things in their past that make them unworthy now of being a good parent or they never spent time with you or were there for you in the way that I was there, or they made their work more of a priority than taking care of you, or um, they, you know, did things that, that just look, you know, that they had problems or did things so that they're not worthy of having that close of a relationship with. They made mistakes and did things like all people do, but in this case, Parents get really super focused. The narcissist gets really super focused on one or two um thing, mistakes that the other parent made and really and really pushes that child to see just those things and not the whole picture, to pick to zoom in on some of the, you know, the struggles that other parent has had, as opposed to how everybody has struggles and everybody is worthy of being forgiven and understood, or that they're still, you know, really important people in your life. They're still your parents. They still love you dearly. And it's really important for your development and for your, um, for you to really turn into, you know, a whole and healthy person to be able to work on your relationship with both parents. That it's not healthy for you just to have a relationship with one. If that other parent hasn't done anything that's overtly abusive or really, you know, negligent or anything really wrong.
0: Yeah, thank you for those examples. Um, then we have another challenge one might face when co-parenting with the narcissist is lack of cooperation. And narcissistic individuals may be unwilling to cooperate or collaborate with their co-parent, which can create barriers to effective co-parenting. They may refuse to share information or make decisions together or create unnecessary roadblocks to progress. Stephanie, can you give please, can you please give us a detailed example of how lack of cooperation could manifest in a co-parenting situation?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it manifests itself in so many different ways. There's just, you know, such a myriad and such a multiplicity of decisions that have to be made for a child. Anything from activities they want to be enrolled in to um, participation in all kinds of school events, um, you know, different medical appointments. Different, you know, ways that things have to be treated or looked at, and um, so when a, the other, when the narcissist is unwilling to, for instance, let a parent take a child to a specialist because they don't think that um, that there's a real medical concern or that it's not really an issue or that it's all in the child's head and they don't need therapy or they don't need a medical appointment for something or they don't. They don't want to participate in driving them on their weekends to a various activity or something like that. It puts huge roadblocks in because a lot of times parents have joint legal custody, it's called, where they both have equal decision making. And then it puts the other parent in a terrible position of how do I get this done? How do I accomplish this without having to get court or legal involvement? How do I get things done for my child that I really need to? And this person's putting in un realistic and and blow roadblocks for no reason either as a way to retaliate or as a way to be difficult or because they don't know how to create um, you know solutions together they don't know how to compromise or come halfway or at least hear and try to work through a solution with the other parent or really truly understand where that parent's coming from they blame it on a parent or they say they, they twist things around to make it look like that parent is not having good intentions or signing up for the right things or doing, something in, a, in the right way as opposed to just dealing with the issue not talking about how you feel about the other person really trying to create a solution for the difference and the you know the disagreement on something
0: yeah wow that's so exhausting just like listen and I'm not even that sit- in that situation so I can just imagine imagine that and um uh... Yeah, thank you. That was comprehensive. Then then we have another challenge one might face when co-parenting with the narcissist is intimidation. Narcissistic individuals may use intimidation tactics to control or coerce their co-parent. They may threaten threaten legal action, physical harm, or emotional abuse, which can create a sense of fear or insecurity in the co-parenting relationship. Stephanie Can you please give us a detailed example of how intimidation could manifest in a co-parenting situation?
1: Yeah, yeah, this happens actually a lot as well um, in these scenarios. I see this all the time, but an example that I'm thinking of that comes to mind right now is a situation where these these co-parents are working towards a divorce agreement and they haven't fully worked out their financial, um, you know, agreement yet. And um, right now they're, The narcissist is cooperating and working well with the other parent in terms of trying to attend things together and and help each other out if they need to help each other out on the days that they don't have the child. They're being really cooperative in terms of attending events together and keeping things really civil. But the narcissist keeps holding over the other parent's head that if they don't agree behind the scenes to some of these um, financial disputes or to agree to give, in this case, to give him certain amounts of the money from the marriage, then he's threatening that he won't be a civil. He won't attend the events together. He won't help her out as much. He won't work with her around the schedule. He's going to push for more custody time and all things that have really been going smoothly now that she's very happy with because she knows it's really benefiting the children to act this way for them. But she's very fearful that if she doesn't agree to some of these financial things in the background, which are really not in her benefit to do, and she'll lose, you know, all they have in terms of how, how he's cooperating and helping with the children and being, you know, um, nice around the children with her.
0: Okay, yeah, thank you for that example. What has been in your career one example that has been like I mean, all these are very unfortunate and difficult. But does some specific example come to your mind that has been like extremely difficult and very, like, very, like, dangerous at the same time?
1: Well, I think um, when it comes to situations where the narcissist person with the narcissistic traits also abuses drugs and alcohol—not that they have a full-blown addiction or need to go into rehab—but that they drink too much or they binge drink or they go out and, um, you know, abuse drugs recreationally occasionally. um, That kind of a person can be very, very dangerous because that the level then of unpredictability is much, much worse. And then the fears of actually um, wanting to really figure out a clear and safe and uh, predictable custody schedule for the kids gets very, very problematic because you as the as the other parent, you really need to keep your kids safe and secure, and really protect them from having the custody with the other parent, especially if there's drug and alcohol abuse involved. But you're really fearful because you don't have a good means in communication. You don't know when that person's gonna, you know, create that um, emotional type of abuse and lashing out at you. You don't know what kind of triangulation will be able to bring into this. You don't know what kind of um, legal backing they'll get and what they'll do in terms of trying to come after you for all means, especially if they have the resources to or they have the family resources to. So that, I think, makes it extremely challenging and difficult. And I think in that case, you know, you have to make sure you have a really strong lawyer, that you have really strong boundaries, that you put things in place to really ensure the safety and well-being of your children, whether it be a sober link or you have like, a you know, some kind of um, outside supervisor that you can instill to keep an eye on things to, you know, have very, very clear custody schedule that you have everything sort of worked out behind the scenes so that there's very little, you know, ability that you have to actually try to communicate an ongoing and regular basis with that other co-parent. Mm,
0: okay, thank you so much. Then we have Another challenge one might face when co-parenting with a narcissist is double standards. Narcissistic individuals may have double standards in their expectations or behavior. They may demand certain, certain standards of behavior from their co-parent of, or their children while disregarding those same standards for themselves. Stephanie, can you please give us a detailed, exa- detailed example of how double standards could manifest in a co-parenting situation?
1: Yeah, again, um, you know, this can be manifested in so many different ways, whether it be, you know, I, you know, I want the child to be very limited in their video game time or their screen time, you know, and then actually when it's at their house and it's in their convenience or they have something going on for work or with another relationship, all of a sudden the video screen time is now something that they, you know, are okay with. Or they feel really strongly that the other parent works really hard with their child to help them with their homework and to really spend several hours, you know, reviewing things and reviewing the homework guidelines and making sure it's all done and all the work has been finished. But then when it comes to their time, they don't do that or they don't make it sure that it happens. That's a really big one. Or they say, you know, if, you know, if you're going out for more than three hours, I want to be informed so that I can have, you know, custody time, we call it the right of first refusal that I get the time for the kids if you're not available. But then when it's the other way around, they don't turn to that person and ask them to take care of the kid if they go out for more than three hours. Um, It can manifest itself in, you know, I think it's really important that this child attends this kind of uh, program, this enrichment program. But then when it comes time to actually signing them up, on their time, they're not there, they don't take them, or they don't prioritize it so that the child gets to that event, that that enrichment program, that sporting event, that um, enriching activity that they both agreed on. So I I think it just looks like it can manifest just so much in almost all the agreements they make, then that other person pushes them and makes the other parent feel really badly if they don't agree and then they don't follow through on their end of doing things.
0: Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Those were great, great examples, and yeah, all right. Hey, today uh, we had great, great topic to cover, and we learned learned a lot. And uh, I want to thank everyone for listening, and thank you, Stephanie Newberg, so much for for coming to talk with us today, and uh, thank you for sharing your insight and knowledge.
1: Thank you so much. Yes. I mean, this is a very difficult thing that many people unfortunately have to experience and go through. It requires a lot of support. It requires a lot of making sure that you have your own you know, place to work through and process what's going on, that you learn how to protect yourself and not fall into the trap and not engage and not get overly angry or conflictual that person, because it's not going to probably change the situation. It's just going to prolong it. So the more you can do to just disengage, be yourself, stay true to the topics, don't let them hear your emotion or how they're, you know, how they're affecting you, that will start to lessen the cycle of what you're dealing with.
0: If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and share the episode with your friends and family. Have a wonderful rest of your day and see you in the next episode.